Welcome to the Let's Get To Holiday Special. Surely better than the original Star Wars Holiday Special from the 70s. Ho, 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 and welcome to the Let's Get To Holiday Special Christmas Edition. As you might have noticed, or you might remember, we had to split Hanukkah and Christmas up this year because that's how they're split calendarifically. So this is the Christmas edition. And before we jump into it, I want to do a shout out to who I'm wearing. I've got the Christmas in July hat from the Stockton Ports and the Christmas in July jersey from the O'Fallon Hoots. Uh, they always do a great job with the all the alternative looks. But now, the elephant in the room. Or should I say, the set of jackasses not in the room. That's right. We are locked out, everybody, out of Major League Baseball. Uh, the billionaires and the millionaires are fighting. And a lot of us are running around going, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? There's not going to be any baseball in the spring. And, and I can't get through uh, that post-Christmas time uh, void. And, and I'm not a basketball fan. And, and the Longhorns are out of uh, – I mean, they're not playing in a bowl game. So what am I supposed to do? There's no baseball. And I'm actually on the side of pretty pessimistic as to whether or not we get a MLB season of any merit. But fear not, baseball traveler. There will be baseball, collegiate summer league, the affiliated MILB, and the independent professional leagues are going to start on time. They are not affected by this. That's 30 clubs and 30 groups of people who maybe will figure their stuff out. I'm, again, not hopeful after watching them not figure it out during the pandemic. But don't worry. Relax. Because those teams that are always there for you, your local ball clubs, uh, the teams like the O'Fallon Hoots and like the Stockton Ports and like the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, those teams are are going to be with you as soon as the snow melts, as soon as the sun comes up, as soon as, you know, how, 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 how does the line in the song go? The grass is green again, and we're going to see baseball. So again, when you hear about there not being any baseball, they're just referring to 30 teams. The majority of the teams who play organized baseball will be back, and just like always, they're not going to let you down. But now let's get to the holiday episode, and as you're, you've probably grown accustomed to, uh, it's a little wacky. We have a lot of stuff, and we're going to jump into our second edition of the Cinema Showdown, our segment that we do in conjunction with Screen Drops, our movie show, and here to talk a little bit about this episode, we're going to take you to the man himself, Santa Claus. <laughs> Oh, 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 Merry Christmas, and welcome to another edition of the Cinema Showdown, brought to you by Let's Get To and Screen Jocks. I am your host, Santa Claus, Chris Kringle, St. Nick. I go by a lot of names, but I'm very excited to be here. Now, as you can tell, I am a big minor league baseball fan. I've got my Amarillo Sod Poodles it's not really a Santa hat for me. I guess it's a me hat. And the Amarillo Sod Poodles Christmas in July jersey that Mrs. Claus was so nice to pick up. But I don't just love baseball. I also love Christmas movies. Especially because a lot of them are about me. But, you know, it's whatever. I only get so much money whenever these movies are made. It's a whole thing. 
I've got great elves, not so much with the lawyers. But we have a great time watching Christmas movies, and we thought, what a great opportunity for our next cinema showdown, but to have people draft Christmas movies onto a team, and then people vote on who has the best watch list. And that's the rules. We have a serpentine draft for all of our players, and the only requirement is you cannot pick the same movie to one team from one series. Meaning, if someone picks the me, the Santa Claus, that same person can't pick the Santa Claus 2, and no one should ever pick the Santa Claus 3, because, you know, Martin, I love you. That movie was rough. So those are the rules. It's got to be a Christmas movie and only one movie per franchise. Now, to Jim and the rest of the draftees. Well, thanks, Santa. So now we are back here on the Cinema Showdown, and we've got a great group of Christmas lovers, Christmas aficionados. And I'm going to begin introducing everybody from my left. Not that it matters because we were all in different order, I'm sure. But I'm going to begin with Bella Marco, who is beyond the fact that she is my favorite film student of all time. She is a big part of our Austin Revolution Film Festival, a University of Texas film student. Bella, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Are you excited? I am. I wore, I, I have to show off my sweater. Sorry. It's 80s. <laughs> Anna, we got a little pom-pom detail right there. The other one fell off. That's okay. <laughs> so that's the, the those 80s pictures that get like shared. That's so, Gary, you have photos like that of yourself. I do. Yeah. But now I need to get <laughs> those photos of myself put on a Christmas sweater. Exactly. And speaking of Gary, we have TV producer and one of my best friends on the planet, huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. Gary Warren, how's it going, man? It's going well. I'm actually uh, working right now on a TV show, and they think I'm still working when I'm playing with you guys. <laughs> That's even better. Um, have you by chance seen any of the uh, the Yankee fans crying because they haven't signed anyone yet? It's like they're so entitled. Uh, well, you know, I, I can't get past all the Dodgers crying that they, you know, somehow can't sign every single free agent that they had on the team last year. It's just not fair. It's not fair. It's it's not. We should really reach out to them. Um, next, we have Alicia Rivetta, actress from Texas, co-host of the Austin Revolution Film Festival, star of her very <laughs> own Christmas movie. Lish, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. I'm super excited to be here. Okay. <laughs> and again, one of my best friends on the planet from the Great White North. You can't do one of these without somebody who's... Do you already have snow on the ground, Mike Donis? We actually, two days ago, had a huge jumping of snow. So it was... Yeah, it was I, I posted some pictures to Instagram. It was a winter one. Oh, I love it. So, and Mike, just for his... He's an independent filmmaker. He is an editor of several Christmas movies that have actually uh, premiered on various uh, streaming networks and, and such uh, this year. So congratulations to that. Thank you. Do you like to think that it was your work on A Chance of Snow that really brought that home? I do have been. It was my first, it was my first feature-length Christmas movie, so it sort of started it all. You know what they say, you always remember your first. So the game is simple. We will all be drafting six rounds full of Christmas movies. We will then put those movies up anonymously, and the internet will decide who has the best watch list. And yes, there will be prizes uh, just to kind of go over the draft order again, we are doing a serpentine draft. So essentially first, third, and, and fifth rounds, Lish, myself, Bella, Gary, and Mike. And then Mike gets the pivot pick in rounds two, four, and six. Gary, then Bella, then Jim, then myself, and then Lish. Uh, any questions before we jump into it? You will repeat when it's our turn, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, will, <laughs> I will let you know, and Lish, you have the first pick in the draft. 
Okay. I'm going to start off with my favorite Christmas movie, Home Alone. Home Alone <laughs> off the board. Um, I'm going to go ahead, then I will just jump right into my favorite Christmas movie and the Christmas movie that I watch not once, but twice a year, including as soon as the last, the whistle blows in the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving, the last one, Thanksgiving's over, time for Christmas, here comes Christmas Vacation. Oh. Um, <laughs> I also watched that like the day after Thanksgiving. We, we already have, we already have an, uh, uh, Bella, you are up. Okay. I'm going to get one of the controversial ones out of the way. I'm going to go with Die Hard. It's a Christmas movie and it's a classic. You pain in my ass. Sorry. You had your chance. That's true. I thought you were going to go with Die Hard right That's off what the I bat. thought. Yeah. <laughs> sort of I was so, I hope somebody takes your pick, Bella. I'm <laughs> All right, uh, Gary, you're up, man. I'm going to go with one that's extremely popular, but I actually didn't watch until maybe three or four years ago, and I really love, but uh, I just hadn't seen it, and that is Elf. Oh, great. You know, that's Jessica's on-the-planet favorite movie, that and Singing in the Rain, but yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you liked it because I've seen a lot of pushback on that movie recently. Um, yeah, I, I used to hate Will Ferrell. Like, I don't know. It was, it was uh, you know... My my SNL cast was the Dana Carvey, Mike Myers years. So then I just hated everyone that came on the next big cast. And it took me a long time to warm up to them. And uh, now I love Will Ferrell, but at the time couldn't stand it. I do like some of the, cause I'm with you. Like, I think everybody has their cast and your cast is my cast, right? Like those same guys. I do think the new cast is pretty good. I'm even warming up to Pete Davidson, which is shocking to me. Shocking to me too. Yeah. Uh, by <laughs> the way, Gary, is that a hoverboard behind you? Uh, yeah, and it's actually signed by the entire cast. So, uh, Lish, remember whenever I met Leah Thompson and couldn't speak to her? <laughs> I guess I didn't meet Leah Thompson. All right, Mike Donis, you have the next two picks. All right. Um, well, I'm going to pick. I have this one has to be my first because uh, it is kind of the one Christmas movie that I do have to watch every year because the family tradition is the Santa Claus. Mm. I okay. really, really, I, it, it became, it's, it's a really kind of long story as to why it's the one, but it, it became a, a thing. So that's one. And uh, I guess for my next pick, I'm going to uh, go with Lethal Weapon. Ooh. Whoa. We have already, y'all are both, Bella and, and Mike Donis are fighting for the Billy Cream. <laughs> <book, right? laughs> <laughs> He's going to scan through this. Who picked Die Hard? Vote. Um, all right, Gary, you're up. I'm going to go with one that I thought would have been a first round pick because um, I think this is going to single-handedly win this entire thing for me, A Christmas Story. Damn you. Yeah. I, <laughs> how was that not pick one, two, or three? I don't know. I was shocked. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those where the, the all-star falls through the cracks. So I gladly grab it. It's how I used to go out with the uh, – now she's a fitness model. I used to take her to homecoming every year because no one would ask her out. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, Miss Bella. Okay. Okay. Even though the second movie in this series is by far the better movie, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Gremlins on this one. I don't know that I can let you continue this draft. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you're scratching out our Christmas movies. It takes place on Christmas Eve. Classic. No, no, Gremlins no, is absolutely a Christmas movie. What is my issue with that, Gary? With her uh, statement, Gremlins Two is a better movie. What oh yeah, fuck? sorry. It's a, that that is a perfect piece of cinema. Gremlins Two is the greatest movie ever made. Someday, uh, Bella, you're gonna move out to LA, and Gary's gonna maybe hire you for a job or not. Not now. <laughs> not after this. 
getting coal in her stocking this year. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, that's all you know. Um, okay, I am going to go with already been mentioned. I'm going to jump my board a little bit. I'm going to Jerry Jones this thing and therefore probably lose. I'm going to go with Scrooged. Um, I'm actually teaching this film right now. And <laughs> I think the end of Scrooge when he loses it in the camera is some of the best, like most heartwarming cinema period. So uh, taking Scrooged. Lish, you have two picks back to back. Oh, dang. Um, I'm going to go with Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Okay, and then I'm Gary, gonna... we're allowing that as a Christmas movie, right? Because I know it's kind 100%, 100%. of hundred percent. Okay. It has the word Christmas in it. There is a huge battle of you know if it's Halloween or Christmas. I've always felt it was more Christmas because I that's the like theme of the movie. Christmas. Uh, okay, so that one, and then I'm gonna go with the Grinch, the Jim Carrey version. Okay. All right, I am going to go with the one that actually is going to win everything. Um, it's so funny, uh, Gary, because you talked about Elf. I didn't really like this movie till about five years ago, and now it's in my top three Christmas movies of all time. I'm going to go with It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, Same with me. I used to, I couldn't stand it before. I really? thought it was cheesy and sentimental and just over yeah. the top. And then it's something about, I don't know, becoming an old man that suddenly like you're like, this is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and I love everything about it. And now I just cry all through it. You know, it's crazy. It's it one really, of my absolute yeah. favorites. Yeah. It absolutely, absolutely hits me. And I was, uh, I was having this moment with Nathan. I was talking about just what our film career was like. And I was like, I just think I would have been better off if I hadn't done any of it. And he said, all right, George Bailey. But <laughs> what does he learn in the end? Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Miss Bella. Okay. You said to save this one for a later pick. I'm wondering if I should do it now or not. I want to stick with the theme okay. of just like Christmas movies that aren't Christmas movies that are Christmas movies, but they aren't. Um, and I'm going to go with Batman Returns. I accept it. I, think I completely accept it. And yeah. I think everyone, it's the Christmas spirit. Everyone comes together. It's, it's a family movie. You have the, the penguins there. Like everyone, it's a happy family. I love that movie. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm very excited. They're about to drop a new comic and it's Batman 89 and it's sort of the comic book sequel to Burton's film. I'm looking forward oh, to that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Gary. Uh, I'm going to go with Miracle on 34th Street. The original, uh, I can't remember what year that was. 1947. 47. I was thinking 51, but yeah, definitely the original uh, Edmund Gwynn. Man, that is such a good movie. Uh, fantastic with really little good. natalie wood right like right yeah uh mike you have two picks back to back right um i'm gonna pick uh a christmas carol the original one uh there uh, you have to be way more specific alistair, alistair sim is as far as i'm concerned the i think that's 19 19- that's 51 that is 51 yeah, yeah. okay yeah. okay so that one uh and uh and i will also pick jim uh love actually <laughs> that one I have to type. I don't even have that to copy paste. <laughs> I want you know it's funny. Like I had the same thing, and and we did our horror draft, and I didn't have Friday the Thirteenth on my list because I hate that movie so much. <laughs> Why do you hate that movie? It's because great. It's just it. Uh, that's a that's a conversation for okay. another. 
<laughs> another day. Sorry, I shouldn't have gotten into it. There's probably 10 hours of screen jocks me ranting about why that movie's awful. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I definitely know footage exists of you explaining why you hate it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're up with round number five for you. All right. I am going to go with The Ref with Dennis Leary. Nice. Cool. That one. That's one that a lot of people haven't seen. I highly recommend it. It's got Kevin Spacey. Uh, it's like a J.K. Simmons is in it. It's this whole crew of people that weren't famous at the time. It's very good. Yeah, like Dennis Leary was the draw to that film, right? Like, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was uh, directed by Ted Demi, one of his movies. So very good. Um. Okay, Bella. Okay. Um. This is more genuine. I actually watch this with my family like every year, which is kind of weird because it's a newer movie, but my mom really likes it. So I'm gonna go with Krampus. It's a, it, I like that movie a lot. Okay. I love it. Uh, just a heads up, it. if you don't know, there is a new R-rated version of Krampus coming out. Oh, thank Orkin. God. Yeah, so it's the uncut. Uh, it's coming out, I believe, December 3rd or something like that from uh, Scream Factory. Oh my I, God. First of all, bless it for Scream Factory. I love them. Fantastic. Yeah, I pre-ordered yeah. it. Pre-ordered it when it first was announced. I will go follow that up. Uh, I'm going to go with the movie that that shockingly... Uh, it's probably it's one of the ones Jessica and I watch every year, sometimes multiple times a year. I introduce it to people whenever I can, and it's rocking a most undeserved 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. I am going with Four Christmases starring Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. If you haven't seen it, first of all, it's such a gym movie. Like the setup easily could have been something I would have written. Maybe that's why I like it, but it's so funny. And it also has to have the most like Grammy winners for country artists in that movie, because both the white Yoakam and Tim McGraw are in the movie and are excellent. If you haven't seen, has any, have y'all all seen it? I have not. Gary, you'll love it. I, I yeah, knowing your sense yeah. of humor, you will love it. You had me at Dwight Yoakam. So. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and the concept is, is that they all lie to their families and skip out on Christmas. And um, then they can't skip out on Christmas. So they have to go to all four families. They're all divorced in one day and hilarity ensues and look for the guy behind the plane counter because it's ralphie from a christmas story who also produced the film so really i didn't know that yep that's him Fun fact. Uh, lish two in a row including your last one man that's a lot of pressure okay i'm gonna go with polar express Oh. which my little sister just showed me this Thanksgiving. I'd never seen it. So shout out to Ariana, my girl. Uh, yeah, so Polar Express. And then I'm going to, oh God, only one more. Yes. <laughs> but, but I have like 30 more. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Christmas Chronicles. I really liked it. Oh, yeah, that was cute. Well, you know what I'm going to do this summer, guys, this winter? I am going to go to Denver, to, not Denver, to Colorado. We're going to have the grandkids meet us halfway. You might say that I'm going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby danced with Danny fucking K. I'm going with White Christmas for my last <laughs> oh. pick. That might have won it for me. It could. It could. <laughs> I mean, you have wonderful life and white Christmas. You're definitely going to appeal to the yeah. older voter. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, they don't have Twitter, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. 
I'm going to send it on AOL too, though. We'll be fine. Um, Bella, you're up. Last one. Okay. This is so hard. Okay. Okay. You know, this is a classic. I'm going to go with it. This is probably the most serious out of all of mine, like as to movies that I actually really like. I'm going to go with a Charlie Brown Christmas. It's one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, why can't I type? And Mr. Gary C. Warren. Uh, I'm going to go with one that makes me laugh probably more than any other Christmas movie, and that is Bad Santa. Mm. By the way, guys, I'm sort of silly. We have one more round to go. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I looked, I saw we were on 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 part on row six of my express express excel spreadsheet until i realized that top one has our names and round on it so uh so here you go um uh last so mike two in a row including your last one including my and it's for real my last for real your last one i'm I'm gonna pick uh muppet christmas carol damn you damn it i was gonna do that (laughs) hate it here and (laughs) i hate it And I will also pick uh, the, uh, I, I think this is the original. It's from, I believe, 1960, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Okay. Whatever I'll, one uh, is, the one with your mean one, Mr. Grinch. Well, they both have that, but. Um, they both have that? One with Bor- the one with Boris Karloff. Yes, yes. Okay. Gary, last one. Uh, I'm going to appeal to uh, the freaks that may be watching, and I'm going to go with Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part Two, and uh, get everyone who loves their garbage day. All right, Silent Night, Deadly. I don't know if I've seen Part Two. Well, they basically they just take the first movie and play it completely in flashbacks for about the first hour, <laughs> and then the last thirty minutes is the guy walking around shooting everybody uh, while he's walking down the street, including a guy who. Brings his trash out, just gets shot, and our evil guy yells out, Garbage day. <laughs> That's so awesome. We yeah. could have totally made more sequels if we just done that, like Rocky style, <laughs> but like have it be at 30 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a horrible movie, but uh definitely if we get some some crazed cult people on here, that, that one's gonna give you some books. All right, Bella. Oh man. Oh man, I don't know. I I watch this with Laura every year. It's not, it's have you seen Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to go with that. I love that movie. Okay, so I had, to, oh man, I was torn. I was torn, but I'm going to, I don't have anything raunchy really. So I'm going to finish it up with a very underrated, a Harold and Kumar Christmas. That's the other one I was going to do, but it is. It's okay. It's whatever. And then now, Lish, wrap us up. Okay. I am going to go with, Jingle all the way. Nice. I'm actually surprised that one waited till the very end. I forgot about it. Was it was a toss up on that one. He was up on my list. But I was like, oh, I don't know. But <laughs> y'all's is just so good. <laughs> that one, was it the one with Larry the Cable Guy? No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right, so that is our draft. We will have these up. But before we go, I thought it would be fun to kind of share some fun Christmas traditions since we are literally in three time zones and all over the country nay the continent uh and we'll begin with we'll begin with lish what are just some fun stuff you guys do for christmas 
So for Christmas, one of our biggest things is we make tamales and it's an assembly line. So it's a whole family that's involved with it. Um, my mom's tamales are actually famous in the hit movie, A Chance of Snow. And uh, so we do that. <laughs> and then we also, um, we play Loteria and Bingo, uh, a bunch of games, but it gets pretty serious. Uh, now my little sister got the millennial Loteria, which we played over Thanksgiving. And uh, I was appalled at some of the things that were on there, but it was funny. It was good. So those are our traditions that we, we usually do. And I do love that was one of the best parts of making a chance to snow is that we felt we folded so many of the cast and crew's actual traditions into the movie. So it felt authentic, like the tamales, like the fact that Shelby and her siblings still share a bed the night before Christmas. So no one will be the first one to sneak the present like they're 30 and they're doing this. So that was fun. Um, Mike, how about you, man? Uh, one of the uh, one of the well, I had already mentioned that we watched the Santa Claus, but um. Uh, another one that is relatively new, like I want to say the last like six, six, seven years, um, is that with, uh, with my mom and my brother, we get together for breakfast on Christmas morning, open gifts. And then in the afternoon, we go to the movie theater and watch a movie. So that's actually become a, a new tradition and we do it. We've done it consistently now. So we, we have to decide which one it was star Wars consistently for a while. And yeah. now the star Wars movie, we don't know what it's going to be, but we'll figure it out. So this year, well, with the way Spider-Man tickets are selling, I might not get to see that till Christmas. So right. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Never, never mind going Saturday at nine in the morning. So uh, <laughs> I hope they have some sugary cereal for me to feel like I'm really a kid. How about you, Gary? Uh, you know, most of my traditions are based around movies. Uh, you know, it's like, gotta watch this one on this day, this one on this day. But something that I do that's actually in the real world is every year for Christmas Eve, my wife and I go to Universal Studios. I love that. So yeah. we go there for Grinchmas. We wear like crazy Christmas outfits and uh, we stay until the, at the end of the night it snows. So, you know, and, and uh, there's very little chance of snow in California. So uh, it's, it's one of the only chances we have. So then once... Once we leave Universal, we come home, we watch Jim Carrey's The Grinch, and then go to bed and dream of Santa. That's actually one of my sort of tangential favorite parts of the holidays is seeing you guys there. Like, you guys, and I love that you've already started to repost old pictures from your, yeah. from your trip. So it's like this anticipation thing. How about you, Bella? Um, My mom, who's like maybe one of my favorite people on this planet, love her, great awesome person um every year she'll get like an ornament for each member of our family but it's like specific to like something that we've been doing that year so it's like when I went to college she got me like a longhorn ornament and, let, and then we put it on the tree every year so you get to see like oh when I was six I really liked ballerinas oh, I so love I had, that. Like, yeah. a ballerina ornament it's really cute it's like you get to see like everyone's little hobbies that they picked up and like big life changes and stuff so it's cool I want to see a chronology of Al's ornaments. He got, he's okay. He's gotten a bike. He's gotten a little Texas thing. Like as he's gotten more Texan, like he has a little truck when he got his truck. My mom got a truck ornament. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, that's awesome. Um, For us, my dad was a policeman. And so um, pretty much if you, if you're a policeman and you have three kids all in private school, you do work a lot. So uh, but Christmas was a big deal for him. And he would, I mean, probably go overboard with what he would, what Santa would bring, but he would, he would wake us up at like five 30 in the morning. Cause he'd come over a shift, wake us up, open everything. And then he pretty much had to go back to work. So he had time for breakfast. So mom would make 
kielbasa, which is Polish sausage, and then apple pie. And that was breakfast. And what I love is that Jessica kind of has adopted that. So she's added scrambled eggs to it. And so every Christmas morning after gifts are open, she makes kielbasa, scrambled eggs, and we have apple pie. And then we start watching whatever Christmas movies we haven't finished. So, so yay. Well, that is our show. Guys, thank you so much for jumping on. And we're going to find out the winner in just a few short weeks. But in TV time, in a few <laughs> short minutes. <laughs> so let's recap and see what movies everyone drafted. Team Lishmas drafted Home Alone, The Nightmare Before Christmas, The Grinch, the Ron Howard, Jim Carrey version, The Polar Express, the Christmas Chronicles, and Jingle All the Way. The Kingston Falls Gremlins, Jim's team, drafted Christmas Vacation, Scrooged, It's a Wonderful Life, Four Christmases, White Christmas, and A Harold and Kumar Christmas. The Jingle Bellas drafted Die Hard, Gremlins, Batman Returns, Krampus, A Charlie Brown Christmas, and the delightful Just Friends. Team Topo Gijo drafted Elf, A Christmas Story, Miracle on 34th Street, the original, The Ref, Bad Santa, and the Christmas classic Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. And finally, Canuckmas SC, ran by Mike Donis, drafted The Santa Claus, Lethal Weapon, the 1951 version of A Christmas Carol, Love Actually, The Muppet Christmas Carol, and How the Cringe Stole Christmas, the original animated short film. So that's it. We'll be back at the end of the episode to let you know who won. And I hope no one cheated because I'll know. So before we jump into our next segment, you might notice that I've pulled a Celine Dion on you and I've done a costume change. The hat is the Christmas in July hat from the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. And the shirt is the official Let's Get To Ugly Sweater Christmas t-shirt. And I promise you, we're going to have a full knitted sweater for next season. I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but I'm going to make it happen. And so now a little get for you. This is our last from the Bleachers segment. We're very excited for it. Andrew Nelson, Nathan Bybee, and I made it out to the Arizona Fall League. We even saw some fireworks, so check it out. From the Bleachers, the Let's Get To Game of the Week. And yes, this is the holiday special of Let's Get To, and we have a present for you. We had the opportunity to get out to the Arizona Fall League last month, had a great time in both Scottsdale and Glendale, watching the Scorpions and watching the Javelinas and the Desert Dogs. It was just so much fun. So take a look at what we saw when Andy and I and Nathan hung out outside of Phoenix. So this edition of From the Bleachers took Andrew, Nathan, and I out west to the Arizona Fall League, one of baseball's hidden gems, and it was everything we hoped it would be. It was also a pretty neat milestone for the show. It was the first time that the MLB office gave us credentials. The Fall League is a six-team league played at spring training sites in Arizona. Each team is made up of prospects from the 30 MLB teams as a way to get more seasoning, some ABs, and more pitches under their belt. We saw games in Scottsdale featuring the Scorpions. They play at the Giant Spring Training Home, a great ballpark with lots of character, and yes, we thought of Jess Canaster the whole time. Then at night, we drove about 40 minutes to the spring training home of the White Sox and the Dodgers, home of the Glendale Desert Dogs. 
This is a newer ballpark and you can just imagine it packed with spring training goers waiting to see their favorite stars up close and personal. We even saw the most ridiculous brawl ever. A pitch goes over a guy's head, glances off of his helmet, and then the pitcher gets decked like a for real punch. The Arizona Fall League became the Arizona Fight League for about five minutes. But the baseball part of it was all in all a baseball fan's dream. It's a laid back look into baseball's future that was just about the game and getting to as many games a day as you could. Overall, just an incredible experience. So we had a great time out at the Arizona Fall League. It was fun to get to Scottsdale for our first game and then out to Glendale to see the desert dogs, including an Astros prospect hitting a triple. What could be better? Next time you're out, you know, next year when we're looking at 2022 and you're planning your baseball trip, give a gift to yourself of coming to the Arizona Fall League. It felt a little bit like watching an old school all-star game where you're seeing all the cool uniforms, um, basically all of Major League Baseball represented amongst these six teams. It was a great time. Definitely need to check it out if you're a big baseball fan. And now, back to the rest of our Christmas episode. And now we have a very special segment for you. We're going to go on to the sleigh with the jolly old elf himself. Take it away, Santa Claus. And now let's go on the sleigh with Baseball Santa. Ho, ho, ho. Thanks, Jim. Now, before we jump into some of our favorite baseball fans and what they want for Christmas this year, I thought I would borrow a bit from another old guy with a big great beard, David Letterman. So here is our top 10 list. And I thought I would give all of you guys a sneak peek at the famous Naughty and Nice list. We'll begin with the Naughty list so we can finish strong, beginning with number five, Andy Martino. If you're a New York writer writing a tell-all book about the Houston Astros and you interview exactly zero Houston Astros, naughty list. Number four, anyone with Barstool and their Twitter handle. Basically, it's like legal douchebaggery. It's the worst. It's like frat guys who never graduate from college. I was in a frat, by the way. It was a Yuletide frat and the Easter Bunny. It's true what they say about bunnies. Number three, Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. Yeah, he's doing his best to ruin the game, and he seems like he's getting very close. He's like Darth Vader, but with like a lame haircut in a regular suit. Number two, Marcelo Zuna. Yes, we have video of him choking out his partner, and yes, he will get a whopping 20-game suspension. That should actually probably move Rob Manfred higher on the list. And tied for number one, Trevor Bauer and his agent, Rachel Luba. Yes, Trevor Bauer abused those women. Yes, he admitted to doing it. And yes, according to him, it was consensual. Believing that's consensual is harder to believe than believing in me. But, some good news. The nice list. 
and we'll begin with all Pirates and Orioles season ticket holders. Yes, you keep the faith, and you keep the hope, and that's what this whole time of year is like, despite the fact that y'all have not seen a winning team or any indication of a winning team in years. Number four, athletics pitcher Chris Bassett, who came out and said what everyone already knows deep in the cockles of their heart, the Astros were not the only ones cheating. Number three, Joey Votto. Who doesn't love Joey? Number two, Astros and Braves fans. While the 28 other fan bases were calling the Astros fans cheaters and the Braves fans racist, they actually had a lot of fun on Twitter during the World Series. It was positive. It was congenial. It was peaceful, just like this time of year is supposed to be. And number one, the front office for the Bowling Green Hot Rods. My friends on Let's Get Two made it down there for their Halloween special, and they had a great time. They were a great front office, and they do so many great things, keeping their fan base engaged and having a good time. Now, let's hear to some of our favorite baseball fans and what they want this baseball Christmas. Hi, I'm Jess, and all I want for Christmas is spring. Tomorrow, please? Good morning, Baseball Santa. Um, it's your old pal Tim here. Um, I have been thinking about what I would like from Baseball Santa this year. And as you might know, and most of the world knows, the baseball world knows, the Houston Astros are currently without an elite start shortstop. So what I would like is some really dramatic type, it's a wonderful life situation that Carlos Correa goes through that kind of makes him understand that he wants to stay. Um, he wants to, you know, win four or five more World Series. That's it. Nothing big. And, uh, yeah, just take that five-year deal. Maybe ask for an option for five years more if he's still playing at the level. Um, if you can't do that, which I understand it's a big task, then I'll just have uh, some Twizzlers. Hey, it's Amy Johnson with the Corpus Christi Hooks, and all I want from Baseball Cena this year is a 2022 Hooks Championship. Hello, Santa Claus. Hello. What do I want for Christmas? It's very simple. If you look around, yeah, there are many things on the wall, see, that give it away. Yeah, I just want uh, Arkansas Razorback. National Championship in Baseball. And reservations at Crave in Austin because the food there looks really incredible. And don't ask me about all this. It's been a long week. Hey, everybody. Hey, Jim. I just wanted to say my Christmas wish for this year is pretty simple. I'm a simple guy. Um, what I would like from the big guy is a new commissioner. So I hope that's not too much to ask. Um, if Santa just wants to slide down the chimney and smack some sense into Rob Manfred, too, you know, I've only been relatively good this year, so one out of two ain't bad. Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope everybody has a safe and uh, enjoyable holiday. And um, really, just, you know, a new commissioner. It's that simple. Astros fans UK here. Season's greetings to everyone in the Let's Get Two family and beyond. Let's keep it positive. I'm going to say for 2022, I hope that Rob D. Manfred successfully finds new employment. Hey, Baseball Santa. It's Eric the Peanut Guy with the Tri-City Dust Devils. 
And all I want for Christmas is for James Christopher to finally grow out that beard. You know, just like a big Santa looking beard. I can tell he's got something going on there. I, I just wish he would let it go. You know, it's the off season, no need to shave too much. Just really go for that winter coat. Um, that's all I want. If you could help me out, that'd be great. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody from the Tri-Cities. What's up, guys? Ed from the Dad Hat Chronicles. And what do I want the baseball Santa to bring me? One, I think we can all agree, we all want a new commissioner. Yeah. No explanation needed there. Secondly, for me, personal, here, Cleveland, I want a new logo. I want a new team name. I think we should go back to uh, the Spiders, okay guys? Let's make this happen because the Guardians is not an inspiring name. I'm trying to convince myself of this. It's not working, guys. We need a new logo at least. For the very least, we need a new logo. That's what I want Santa to bring me, okay? Please, Baseball Santa, do this for me. All right, guys. Bye. I'm Emily Nyman from the Breaking Balls podcast. And this year for Christmas, I'd like Santa to bring me an end to the lockout, and then championship number 28, baby. Hi, how's it going, everyone? My name's Alex, and I'm a huge Dodger fan. This year for Christmas for the Dodgers, well, first and foremost, I'd like the lockout to end. Uh, but I would also like to bring Kershaw back, and one of Freddie Freeman, and this might shock the world, but I'll take Carlos Correa. Hope you have a good Christmas. Hi, baseball Santa. What I want for Christmas this year is something pretty simple. I just want to be able to go to Buffalo with my best friend to watch the Bisons play a game. We haven't been able to do it for a little while now, and, um, well, it would make my Christmas. Hi, Jim. It's Andrew Nelson here, and my baseball Christmas wish is for a short CBA negotiation that benefits the players and uh, for the Twins to pick up some frontline starting pitching. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody who listens to Let's Get Two. The thing I most wanted in baseball this offseason was for the Tigers to sign one of the big shortstop free agents. And I must have been good this year because I already got that gift. Welcome to Detroit, Javi Baez. So now I'm going to get greedy and ask for something else as well. And that's that in hopes that this lockout will not affect any of the regular season and that we still get 162 games. Hi, Baseball Claws. My name is Patrick Larson from Georgia. Um, what I want for Christmas is I want all minor league teams, summer, summer collegiate league teams, and independent professional baseball teams to thrive for the 2022 season and beyond. And also for all the content creators like, like Jim that you know very well, and um, all, all baseball content creators to thrive and to continue to have a platform to talk about the game that we all love and I wish everybody a very, very safe and blessed holiday season. And Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody. Thank you. Well, hello, Baseball Santa. I'm Paul Caputo. I'm so happy to be invited to participate in making my 2022 baseball wishes. Uh, first of all, greetings from Palm Springs, California in December. Uh, my first baseball wish is can we have weather like this everywhere all the time so that we can just play baseball all the time? Second of all, I'm wearing my Idaho Falls Chuckers uh, t-shirt and my Hillsboro Hops baseball cap. This is part of my wish for baseball at all levels to succeed. 
from MLB partner leagues to affiliated minor league baseball to let's just hope we have major league baseball at all, okay? But in the meantime, we'll focus on the baseball that actually exists. So I wish for everyone to have access to baseball, for teams to thrive and succeed, and for every team at every level to serve baseball in a, or to serve ice cream in a little helmet. That's really what I want. James, thank you for all that you do. You're a voice of positivity and, and joy and enthusiasm for baseball. We need more of that in social media and in the world. Thank you to everyone who is such a great part of this baseball community. I love you all. Happy baseball Christmas. All I want from Christmas from Baseball Santa is to pay the man. Resign Carlos Correa, bring him back to the Strohs. Let's win more World Series. Let's make it happen. That's my Christmas wish. Hello, everybody. This is Rob Fontenot from Astros Baseball Podcast. What do I want for Christmas? Let me think about it. Let me think about it for a little bit. I got it. Another World Series championship. Is that too much to ask? I know we've been to the World Series three out of the last five years. I know we've been to the American League Championship Series five years in a row. But I want to win the World Series Santa Claus. Can you make that happen? Merry Christmas, everybody. Hi, Baseball Santa. I have a request this year for Christmas that won't be easy to do. It will require lots of work from the players and the owners and the Collective Bargaining Association but will benefit all baseball fans. And that is an end to service time manipulation. That is an end to teams holding back players at the beginning of the season so they can get another year of free agency or holding back players till June after the uh, Super 2 uh, free agency deadline. It's not an official one, but one that passes. We all lose from this, I would argue, because we don't get to see the best players in the best games and we instead get to spend a lot of time talking about finances which is important to baseball but it's not the most fun part of baseball what's fun about baseball is seeing like players like wander franco this year come up and dominate when they get up here because they're among the best baseball players we're seeing Jordan alvarez who did that in 2019 came to the majors and immediately was one of the best uh, the best designated hitters in baseball I'd like to see these guys up sooner. I'd like to see these guys up the second they are ready and not a moment later. Please, Baseball Santa. Well, it seems Christmas has come early this year for me. And while the Braves have won a World Series, I, I can't help but wonder what's next. You, you have the rumors of the strike and it happening now. And then, oh, God. What price do we have to pay? Is Santa coming for for, for what he gave us already? Oh, I, I shudder. Oh, God. Oh, no, no. Well, greetings, everyone. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone. I'm Johnny Bowen. I'm your official ambassador for the great state of Mississippi for the Danville Otterbots. I was also honored this year on the Let's Get To podcast to be named the Don Gillingham Fan of the Year. Such a huge honor and such a uh, such a blessing. And thank you, James, uh, for including me uh, with this video for Baseball Santa and for that uh, very, very special recognition. 
For Christmas this year, baseball Santa, I would like, maybe if your sleigh could pick me up, to visit beautiful Danville, Virginia, to attend a game there uh, this summer, to go maybe to some other Appalachian League ballparks, to see those and support my Danville Otterbots. Also, I'd like maybe some lumps of coal uh, for those uh, Burlington Sock Puppets, also of the Appalachian League. And then uh, as a Marlins fan, I would love for us to keep a competitive team together this season. Baseball Santa, if you have any pull in that regard, and, and would love to see us make the playoffs, dethrone the Braves in the National League East, and make it to the World Series this year. Baseball Santa, and, and closing, I wanted just to say this to you. And while you're doing all these wonderful things for the baseball fans, I want you to get you something real nice. Merry Christmas, everybody. So that wraps it up for me. Now it's time for me to get back to work because those toys aren't going to build themselves. Back to you, Jim. Thanks, Santa. Now, before we jump into our next segment, it dawned on me that I didn't get a chance to give you my wish. And I thought long and hard about it, about what I want out of this baseball season coming up. And then I realized that it isn't you I need to talk to. It's Jessica. And she's over here stressing about what to get me for Christmas. And she needs to know that the only thing I want for Christmas is another baseball season of her sitting next to me in a new ballpark, in a new state, in a new city, enjoying the game. So yes, as cliche as it might sound, Jess, all I want for Christmas is you. Now next up, because it is our Christmas episode, we've got three wise men of our own. We're excited to talk to the Dub Sea Fish Sticks, the Green Bay Rockers, and the Spearfish Sasquatch. Who's on first? The Let's Get To Local 9, brought to you by Zoomer Sport. And our Christmas of giving continues, and Justin Moser the general manager of the Dub C Fish Sticks is here because they've given us a new gift, and that is another amazing brand on the minor league landscape. Justin, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, before we dive into the Fish Sticks and just this, like the way you got the internet fired up and making this decision, let's talk a little bit about you. How did you go from, I presume, a kid who liked sports, liked baseball, to now being the GM of a collegiate summer league team? Uh, that's a, I kind of stumbled into it, honestly, you know, um, always being very entrepreneurial growing up, you know, going to the swap meet, selling baseball cards, flipping Pokemon cards, doing what I can on the weekends, running garage sales. Um, I was the kid in the neighborhood who wanted his life to be like the Sandlot. And so, uh, you know, I had a red uh, flyer wooden wagon that I'd fill up and my grandmother would make us snacks and lemonade. And I'd call all the all my friends in the neighborhood and try to get them down to uh, the local school so that we could play a baseball game. And I was obsessed with baseball growing up and then obviously wanting to play professional baseball, but that didn't work out. And then uh, I found a league that was close by and I'd always heard stories about baseball being played in the stadium um, in uh, West Seattle, Washington. And it's just kind of a hidden gym. The stadium's in the middle of the neighborhood and uh, a lot of people don't know about it. And we've just turned it into a great ballpark experience. 
um, really have stumbled along trying to figure out what we're doing. And, you know, just came up with a name, the Highline Bears, when we started and had no idea what we were doing or what we were getting into. And the community really embraced us and started showing up to some games, but attendance was never really there. Our biggest problem that we ran into was I had no idea there was a ballpark down the street from me, and I had no idea this team existed. So getting that local attention was always an issue, especially being in a major market like Seattle and competing with uh, major sports teams and major events all summer long. So we looked at rebranding this past year, and it's been an exciting process. We brought on Brandy Yost, and uh, they obviously are – geniuses when it comes to creativity in minor league and summer collegiate baseball and branding. And it's just been great. So let's talk about that process because um, one of the things that I think you guys were smart about, um, and I wish more minor league teams understood this is yes, you have the audience that is your local audience, but there are collectors out there. There are passionate people out there. There's an entire nationwide audience for you. And you tapped into that with the competition. Um, and we talked before, before the interview started that a lot of teams do a competition, but it seems like the result never really reflects truly what the competition was. So you had the, the, the fish sticks versus the seal slingers. Um, tell me a little bit about just why it was important to have this fun competition with the brands and really make it a nationwide thing. You know, when talking to Brandios, they have, uh, they have a bit of a playbook are coming out and uh, how can you gain attention both in your local market and as you said with the niche groups of collectors and minor league baseball followers and their playbook we didn't really fit the mold because we're a summer collegiate team and they work with a lot of minor league baseball teams and even minor league baseball teams having a small budget our budget's even smaller than that so we kept running into these small little roadblocks like ah that's probably not going to work for us. You know, that's uh, we're a little bit different. And also being in a market where we have, you know, professional sports, there's two minor league baseball teams within um, 40 miles of us. There's obviously the Seattle Mariners. You have the Seahawks, you have the Kraken who just launched the Seattle storm, the Sounders. I mean, all of those teams I just mentioned the last four are within 15 minutes of our ballpark. So it's how can we stand out in a major market? So we kept looking at different things. And as you said before, a lot of times they come up with five different names and then they run a voting competition and then they pick a name and they, you really want to pick a name that stands out, gains attention, you know, um, what's going to make people interested and want to come look at this logo that you have, what's going to be fun family friendly, what can you build an environment around? And so we were looking for different things like that. And Brandios came up with an idea. Well, if the five team names is aren't going to work for you, what if we did kind of a boxing match between two brands and we'll come up with two different logos and put them against each other and let people vote on two different graphics. So first time Brandios had ever done this. And I think it worked out great for us. And I am shocked if I would have said how well that it worked and how much attention we we gained and how many followers that just kept checking the voting. And the things that I've learned throughout this process, I was always worried with like, okay, we launched the um, voting competition and we got a lot of attention on that first day. Yeah. And then I was like, how do we keep attention for four weeks? 
how do we keep people involved? And I thought we would have to do a lot. We did a little bit, but honestly, the community did a lot. There were people that had alarms on their phones voting every single day. There were people that we had to sift out because they were trying to vote multiple times a day. Um, yeah. There were people on doing Facebook posts, tweets. Hey, you got to go vote for my team. Hey, I know you may not be a baseball fan, but you got to go vote for this team. And it was crazy. And then I came up one day with the idea of, we should come out with almost the electoral college like map. And so yeah. literally we spent, you know, 15 minutes at first was the plan. Like, Hey, let's just do it. And then somebody was like, Oh no, we need to really do it. Let's look into this better. And so we started looking at all the votes and we're like, okay, we have a vote from there. We have a merchandise pre-order from this state. And so we started compiling. So it took a few days and then we put out this map and the map just went nuts. And people loved it. And people were calling yeah. um, calling different areas, the seal slinger belt. And, you know, they were upset. And then we decided to stay on top of the boats. And then uh, it actually flipped. So seal slingers was ahead for a while. Then fish sticks saw fans saw the map and decided to vote more. And it was just a back and forth. And honestly, a week into the final, um, the final week of voting, it was all seal slingers and it was by like a seven or 8% margin. Wow. And we, that was kind of the last voting number announcement we made was going into the last week. We didn't want to be putting it out up until almost like they do with real elections uh, right. on the day of, and people were just voting like crazy and people were trying to cheat. We had one person try to vote 50 times in one day. <laughs> um, and so we had to sift them out, but I just, I was shocked to be I'll honest tell with you. you um, I'll tell you what's funny is, you know, there's a small community of, of other content creators and like me and the guys, the dad hat chronicles, we were hardcore seal slingers and, and Paul Caputo was like, no, it's fish sticks. And we were going back and forth and, and uh, it got feisty, you know, it was, yeah. it was, it was pretty funny. It was and it, it, like you said, smart. It was awesome. I, I just, I, all of you guys on Twitter and all of the catchy um, hashtags you guys were coming up with. I know Paul came up with stop the seal yeah. um, instead of stop the steal. It was just the play on words was great. So yeah, it was a ton of fun. I did order the, uh, the seal slingers hat. And so I do plan on continue when it gets here to continue wearing it. And I'll just awesome. be that guy who never, who, who, who keeps his election sticker on his car 20 years later. That's perfect. And I, I'm not sure if you heard on the announcement, we're actually going to do a seal slinger section at all of our games. So Good. fans can come and actively protest and, you know, we yeah, I did own see both that. brands. Again, genius genius it's gonna it's it's gonna be great and you know um yeah my business partner came up with that he's like whoever loses doesn't matter we got to do a section so people can wear their gear and can <laughs> actively protest and we're still getting them out at the game and we're looking at what can we do for other things i know like we've talked about hey if somebody's wearing a, a seal slinger shirt we're gonna have a secret menu at the concession stand it's like oh that person gets this at a discount or this for free and just not not advertise it but people will just find out like by showing up wearing that gear. Well, that leads me into my next question, right? So you, you've built it and now you want them to come. What can we expect from the game day environment? I mean, it already sounds like this already sounds like it's going to be a blast just keeping that little thing going. Uh, so what else, you know, what can we really look forward to when we get out there? It's going to be great. We're in the idea brainstorming phase right now. So we can totally build out our game day experience and stuff we've been working on and now trying to connect that with the brand that we're going to have moving forward as, as the fish sticks. Uh, I know throwing out the first fish 
is going to be something that we're going to do and play on kind of the pike place market um, sense. And then the person who throws out the first fish, just like they would take home a signed baseball, they're going to take home a fish um, that will wrap in butcher paper. So that that's something that we're playing on. Um, I know we're talking about a French fry fish stick race. Um, so we'll have different costumes, for, uh, French fry, um, and maybe even throw in a fish costume in that too. So you can kind of go through the circle of life there. Um, hydroplanes are really big here. And so we're looking at, um, and so at the Mariners games, they do hydro races on the video board. Well, uh -huh. fairies are also big here. So we're looking at maybe doing a fairy race um, and doing something with like wooden fairies on the outside fence. And just what can we do to have fun fish yeah. fry Fridays? You know, how can we connect things? You know, we really want to be a place where foodies can come and get something very unique at our ballpark. That's good to eat. And because we're it's dinner and a movie, you know, and the movie happens to be the baseball game and the show that we're putting on. And then what can we do where people want to come and enjoy great food rather than just eh, cheap, cheap ballpark food or, Hey, here, here's a, here's a crappy hot dog. We're, we're really big on, how can we up the fan experience to something they'll never forget? That sounds great. I'm assuming fish sticks will also be on the menu. Yes, it will. And we're trying to come up with some creative, weird items uh, involving fish sticks. Good. Uh, I'll tell you, one of the things that really upset my wife is we went to uh, one of the many corn themed um, teams and not a single ear of corn nor no hilote was available at the ballpark. Uh, and she's still feisty about it. So uh she will yeah, be thrilled you, to know we can get an actual. Fish yeah, you, you can't you can't miss out on opportunities like that. You, you got to have that. You have uh, to. Um, yeah. So I guess before we go into the fun to some fun rapid fire stuff, uh, season tickets, are they on sale? Everything's on sale on the website so far. I mean, you guys are slowly building that out. So we are. We're still building out the website. We're transferring everything from our old team's website, obviously, and then building out whatever the new brand is. And so people can buy merch and pre-order merch at shop.gofishsticks.com. And then they can uh, sign up for the uh, ticket priority list right now at gofishsticks.com. And uh, yeah, really interesting launching a brand in the middle of a or towards hopefully towards the end of a pandemic and with all the supply chain shortages yeah it's just uh we had to do a lot of things pre-order that we didn't uh we hoped we didn't have to but things are just really backed up so we're trying to get merch in and send it out as quickly as possible and we're really appreciative of everybody who's been very patient and understanding throughout the process absolutely yeah i think people that love you guys are are, are just excited for you and are and are like you said, patiently waiting. All right, now let's play a little rapid fire, a little let's get to rapid. We're going to come up with a better name for this segment eventually. <laughs> um, hot dogs or brats? Hot dogs. Okay. Superman or Batman? Superman. Strangest thing you've seen at a ballpark? Mm. You know, I saw at a ballpark they had seats in the outfield and not outside the outfield fence in play. And so you could go into a lounge lounge chair. You were randomly selected in play. And I, I love that idea, but I just don't know from a liability stance how I, don't, yeah. how I could sell my business partners on it and how it would work. Yeah, we promise no one will die, maybe. Yes. Um, okay, which, what is your favorite baseball uniform? Uh, I'm such a, I'm such a, a loyal Mariners fan. Uh, I love the Sunday blues for the Mariners that they have. So I'm going to stick with that. Is that the teal, the, 
No, they have oh, okay. they have like a lighter blue that they do. I like the okay. teals as well. I think those are their one of their road jerseys. But yeah, they have a lighter blue that they play on Sundays that they came out with a few years ago that are really nice. Yeah, I don't understand why more teams don't wear their primary colors instead of just wearing a white version of a uniform. Like I'm an Astros yeah. fan. I'd rather see them in blue and orange. I don't care about the whites. They bore me. But yep. Whole other conversation. The Godfather <laughs> part one or two. One. Okay. If you could own one team that's not your favorite team, which one and why? Mm. I think uh, the the Marlins would be interesting. And the reason I say that is I'm always up for a challenge. And I think the Marlins have struggled for a very long time trying to get their fans involved. And if I were to own the Marlins, I would do I would run it like a minor league baseball team. I think everybody's gone very corporate in major league baseball. Mm -hmm. And um, I understand that. And I understand that's a part of, you know, making sure that the bottom line works. But I think if you turn that, especially with the, um, the huge, you know, the heritage that's down there and the culture that is Miami, if you made that more like a minor league baseball game and something like kind of, you know, like they have in uh, the Mexican leagues or overseas in Japan with baseball where it's a party and it's yeah. loud and it's fun. I think you could turn that into something that's really cool. Oh, I think that's a great idea and a great answer. All right. Star Wars or Jaws? Jaws. What would you pick for your last meal on earth? Probably going surf and turf, uh, probably steak and lobster. Okay. And would you have that meal with Michael Scott from The Office or Leslie Note from Parks and Rec? Oh, definitely Michael Scott. Okay. What was the first time baseball broke your heart? Ooh. Broken my heart too many times as a player. So, but we don't have enough time on the podcast for that. <laughs> um, I, I think as a fan, you know, I was a big Randy Johnson fan when he got traded in 98 to the Astros. Yes. I cried for two days. Um, my, uh, my grandparents made me feel better by buying me an Astros hat. Um, oh, cool. So I was traded too. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, definitely followed him. And as I got older, I found out a bunch of kind of the, uh, the stories, how he, he, uh, he wasn't very loyal to Seattle throughout the process before. And there were a lot of rumors that he was kind of thrown in the towel to, uh, get traded or do something, but yeah, that was uh, that was probably the first time that baseball really broke my heart. I love that you said you got traded too, and you got that sweet shooting star logo back in the day. That was the yep. that was one of the best. All right, last question: If not baseball, what other sport? Ooh, um, I'm a I'm a swimmer as well. Okay. So swimming's kind of there. Um, as far as spectator sports, though, um, I don't think that's as much fun. Um, I'm probably going with with football. That's probably number two spectator sport. Okay, uh, Justin, thank you so much for jumping on. We cannot wait to follow the fish sticks. We'll have you back on uh, next season to kind of just tell us how, how everything's going. But until then, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Hope to see everybody out at the Friar next year. Who's on first? The Let's Get to Local 9, brought to you by Zoomer Sport. And we're excited to be welcomed by John Fonta. He is a member of the front office for the Green Bay Rockers, formerly known as the Green Bay Booyah. John, how's it going today? Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. It's our, it's our Christmas episode, and what a better gift to get in the minor league baseball world than an amazing new brand. And you guys definitely hit it out of the park 
pun intended on this new design. Yeah, thank you. It was a, a lot of fun. Um, our owner, Mark Scogan, actually owns um, a rock and roll and a music event center uh, about a block away from Capital Credit Union Park. And um, there's kind of a, a ton of synergy between all the, the shows and concerts that they're holding at that event center um, and kind of what, you know, his ownership group um, has in mind when it comes to bringing events and acts to the stadium moving forward. So, um, you know, it kind of made sense with what they've got going on there. Um, the new energy that we want to um, exude here at the stadium um, during baseball games and uh, kind of made a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely a fun brand and I want to dive back into that. But let's talk a little bit about you. How did you go from a kid, I presume, who enjoyed the game of baseball to now being the member of a front office for a Northwoods League team? Yeah, I guess my uh, my journey here has been a little bit different than some, but uh, initially went to college to pursue a career as a pharmacist. And uh, after my sophomore year doing that, decided I was at home on summer break and it was talking to a guy who went to the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. And he's like, what do you really want to do with your life? And I said, I'd love to get involved in sports again. And, and you know, I'd love to be a GM of a baseball team. And um, it seemed like kind of a pipe dream at that time, but ended up making the move um, to the university close to my hometown and, um, you know, got there. And the first meeting I had with my advisor, um, he was like, yeah, you're, you don't have any experience working in sports, really going to be really hard to, to, you know, get to break in with that. And I kind of took that as a challenge and went and got a couple of internships. And, and one of those being, um, it is an, an intern for the ticket sales department for the lacrosse loggers in the Northwoods League. So um, ended up doing that a couple of years, oversaw the second largest ticket, um, season ticket base for summer collegiate baseball in the country. And then um, had an opportunity to start up a team in Wisconsin Rapids in 2010, the, the Rafters. Um, did a good run there, four years as their assistant GM, five years as the GM and then uh, one year as a vice president of the team. And then, um, you know, during that last year, made the move to Green Bay to help launch um, a brand new facility, Capital Credit Union Park in Ashwaubenon, as well as a new brand, the Booyah, that um, was formerly known as the Bullfrog. So since I've been here, this is the second name change, hoping to hoping that that's the final one um we were kind of joking in the office the other day like hey maybe we should rename our team every year we'd get some uh some publicity that way but uh yeah. no, that was all in joke um all in jest but uh we're hoping to move forward with the rockers and excited about the new opportunities that lie within that name so you talked about the synergy of what caused the name change um before we talk about the looks, which I think are really automatically some of the best at in, in all of minor league baseball, not just collegiate summer league, how was the initial um, fan reaction? I know sometimes it's mixed. Um, we covered the sod poodles when they were born and fans were not loving that at first. And now all of a sudden they do. So how was it? How, how did you, what did you hear from green Bay fans? I'll take a step back. Um, having gone through this, you know, having gone through with, launching a brand new North team with the rafters, you know, there wasn't anything to compare that to. So I've been through that with the initial launch. Um, you know, everybody's got their own opinions and you respect that, but at the same time, you can't please everybody. And you kind of know that going into it. Um, when we went from the, 
the Green Bay Bullfrogs to the Booyah. You know, social media had a bunch of negative reaction. I think we heard initially there was some adverse reaction to that name just because nobody outside of Green Bay knew what Booyah was besides Stuart Scott, um, you know, saying it on an ESPN. But, yeah, uh, you know, outside of that, I think people kind of warmed up to it the last couple of years and, you know, helped it. You know, we made Booyah as kind of to-go packages during the, the whole COVID thing last year. And, and that kind of kept us afloat as an organization before Mark purchased the team. And um, I think that kind of had some sentimental value to our, our full-time staff that was here through those times. Um, Cause it was not a, uh, you know, it was a challenging time for everybody, but, you know, trying to keep a business afloat when you can't have uh, crowds in here is also a, a big, bit of a challenge um, in this industry. But that being said, to answer your question a little bit more directly, from going from the Bullfrogs to the Booyah compared to going from the Booyah to the Rockers, night and day different. Um, a lot of positive feedback, you know, even if the first day there was some shock um, because it did kind of come up quickly, that kind of wore off. I know two of our longest season ticket holders came in the day of and they're fired up and ready to go. And, and I think that kind of told us something because I don't know if that was the same feeling, you know, a few years ago when we went to the Booyah. So um, everybody's fired up. I think everybody likes the fact that we're planning to do live music at every single one of our games in yeah, some absolutely. fashion. Um, yeah. You know, you can resonate. I think everybody can resonate with that. We're not going to stick just to rock. You know, it's going to be all genres of music. We'll hit on everything. We can do some theme nights with music. That'll be a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think the goal is to have this music playing, you know, during the game the entire time, but, you know, we'll play pregame and for the first few innings, then let, the, you know, the game take over and let the baseball purist enjoy the rest of the game when it gets to the tense moments. Well, I, I tell you what, um, I'm pretty critical of brands. The fact that I reached out to you guys immediately shows you how much I love this particular look. Um, the fact that you have really five different sort of iterations of the brand. I think my favorite, though, has got to be the, the baseball glove doing this. And we'll have it up on the screen for the audience to check that out but just talk to me a little bit about like settling on that brand look what was the process like how long did it take you guys yeah there's um i guess there's a lot that goes into the pre-planning process and it all starts with a vision and so i think we gave a couple ideas of some different elements that we'd want incorporated into a logo to the uh, Minnesota-based designer, Tony Horning, who made it kind of all come to life for us. Um, and, you know, he kind of ran with it, came back with the first round of concepts. And, you know, there was some that, you know, we had a vote amongst our entire staff of kind of let, let us know your top three. And then from there, I think we honed in on, you know, what kind of look we wanted to get to. A um, couple more, you know, rounds of doing the the votes once we narrowed it down and and um, kind of kind of came up with a, a main concept, but there was some elements to some other designs that he came up with that we took from. And one of those was the, uh, you know, the baseball glove with the rock on uh, symbol. And, and I think we're going to plan on using that for our home hats. Um, that's probably one of the, the favorite logos amongst all of our staff internally. And, you know, I think the main crest just kind of exudes, you know, rock and roll, tied in with baseball, with the guitar, um, with the baseball bat guitar and um, the guitar pick behind that also kind of looks like a baseball diamond. So I think it all kind of tied in together well. So before we get to some fun rapid fire questions, um, one thing I wanted to know, like you already talked about the music at the ballpark. What can we look forward to 
uh, next year at the ballpark in addition to that, that's just going to really bring the energy level up. Yeah, I think we're looking at more, you know, the, the in-game experience is something that we're going to really focus on. I know, you know, in the past, the different giveaway nights has been something that might drive traffic from, you know, time and again. But at the end of the day, I think the experience is what keeps bringing people back to the stadium. Um, and I think we're going to try to make it just kind of more unique than anywhere else. And and that starts with the music, but um, there's going to be some on-field stuff and some nice tie-ins that we can put piano keyboards on the dugouts and stuff like that. That'll be kind of yes. fun um, to get it, you know, to kind of incorporate the theme um, outside of the baseball. You know, we're going to end up doing over 350 events in a 365-day year this year at the stadium. So there's a lot more going on than our 36 Northwoods games. Um, I think we, uh, you know, we've got soccer, rugby. CrossFit competitions, you name it, across the board that happen here um, on a daily basis. We've got an indoor club space that also hosts, you know, graduation, retirement parties, business meetings, um, you name it. So we've got kind of a nice platform to get the community involved, make it an event center here. Um, outside of, I already mentioned Epic Event Center, which is a block away from the stadium that um, is more of a music concert venue. Right. This location that, that has a capacity of around 2,100 people. I think anything over that, we're looking to do three to four major concerts at the, the stadium here. We can hold over 13,000 people in our ballpark um, to, to, with fire capacity and everything. So on the field, in the stands, in the club level, in the suites here, um, you know, it should make a rock and fun time. So we're looking forward to hosting a, a couple larger scale concerts. We did host um, Bed Flower in Goodbye June in May. Uh, it was a potted event still at that point. And then we hosted Wilco and Trampled by Turtles in, uh, in September of this year. It's more of like a 4,000, 4,500 person event. We're looking to double, triple that with our, our you know, shows moving forward here at the stadium. Well, you, that's not like it's going to be hopping. Uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to jump up there. So before we let you go, we're going to do, we're have a little bit of fun. Um, some rapid fire. Are you ready? You bet. All right, hot dogs or brats? You're in Wisconsin. I know the answer. Brats. Yep. All right, Superman or Batman? Superman. Strangest thing you've seen at a ballpark? Oh, God. Um, I will have to say this one's going to – I'm going to bring Tyler. Tyler's amazing balancing act into this. Um, a lady took off her prosthetic leg and balanced it on his chin. Or he balanced, it on, <laughs> balanced that on his chin, and I about lost it. <laughs> That is, you're making me choke. That's maybe the strangest thing we've heard on the show so far. So winner. Welcome. Uh, favorite baseball uniform. Oh man. I am a huge, uh, huge Milwaukee Brewers fan. So I do like their new, uh, their new duds turned out pretty well. Yeah. I love that they brought back the sort of Milwaukee baseball mitt thing that I, yeah, the ball and glove logos outside of our rock and roll one ball and glove logo is a classic can't go wrong with that can't go wrong with it uh godfather one or two uh one uh if you could own one team that is not your favorite team so not the milwaukee brewers which one would you own and why oh wow um i would probably have to say the old standard would be the new york new york yankees um, on a, on a converse note there, I'll make this a little bit longer. I wouldn't mind a challenge. So probably a team that's 
you know, not won or not done a lot of cool things for a while and just try to turn the thing around. Oakland is, I, th- I hear, looking for a new owner. So maybe you that, could. Uh... That would be one. That'd be one that comes to mind. All right. Star Wars or Jaws? Uh, Jaws. What would you pick for your last meal on Earth? You got me here. Um, I had a few last rights meals before, and <laughs> I don't know if I can narrow it down. There's a really, there's a couple of really good restaurants even around Green Bay, but um, I would probably say like something at a, a supper club. It's a Wisconsin thing. Okay, and then would you it has have to be that- washed washed down with a brandy old fashioned sweet? There you go. All right. So would you have that last meal with Michael Scott from the office or Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec? Oh, uh, Scott. Okay. Um, what is the first time baseball broke your heart? Oh man. I've been blessed with a lot of cool opportunities. Um, in high school, one, two state championships. I've won a Northwoods league championship. Um, man, I think it was before I even realized that I loved the game. Um, I actually, weird story. I went my first little league season without making contact with a pitch and batting at the last person in the lineup. And I've, I foul tipped one, my last game, which ended up being the championship game. My team won the championship. I don't, nobody knew, knew I was on the team and I don't really say I was on that team because I didn't do anything for them. But um, you know, that was kind of a, the first time that, you know, got through a season, made one foul tip and I was like, this isn't for me. And then ended up having a pretty successful baseball career. So I would say if you're, you know, struggling at any point in time or or not really into it when you're younger, uh, that can totally change and you can prove everybody wrong. And I think that's kind of a, you know, adversity that, that I've overcome. So that was probably the most detrimental time, um, and, and tough to go through, but I think it made me better at the end of the day. What a, what, what a great message to wrap up with. Uh, he is uh, John Fonta. He is the GM of the Green, B- Green Bay Rockers. John, we're going to have all your links down here so people can come find you. I know a lot of people are going to be looking for really cool Christmas gifts and things like that for their baseball collector in their life. Yeah, you bet. Uh, beginning Tuesday, December 14th, we should have the pro shop. Um, the first influx of team gear will have um, continuous gear coming in as we get closer to opening day 2022 as well. So I'm excited to see how the the new hats, especially the home hats turned out. Um, I think with all the different logos we have, there'll be a a few concepts that'll be coming out. That'll be a must gets for sure. I know I'll be adding a few. Hey, thanks so much for jumping on. Let's get to taking some time out of your day. You bet. Thanks for having me. Who's on first, the let's get to local nine. Brought to you by Zoomer Sport. And we are going to finish up the interviews for our special Christmas episode by heading up north to the Dakota Spearfish, to be exact. We've got Eric Smith from the Spearfish Sasquatch. How's it going, man? Good, good. How are you? Uh, is there snow on the ground yet? That's what we all want to know. Uh, down not here. right now. We, we've had snow here and there, but uh, right now it's uh, brown out. Brown out in, in a balmy, what, 50 degrees, you said? Yeah, yeah, it's a nice day here, for sure. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about just the season that was. What was it like, y'all's first season back since, um, you know, the pandemic had happened and the shutdown and all that fun stuff? Yeah, it was really uh, all around our best year to date. Uh, we had an awesome team, both on and off the field. And, 
we went 44 and 20 in the regular season. Oh, which wow. Just crazy good. Um, ended up winning the divisional championship. Uh, that series swept uh, the Pioneers 2-0. And then in the championship series, unfortunately, we fell a little short. Uh, but uh, we felt good about it just because we had lost so many guys. We had seven all-stars, and I think we had one left for that championship series. So getting back to school already. Is yeah, that like, yeah. Yeah. It's just the nature of the beast dealing with, you know, college students. They got to get back at a certain time, but uh, we fought hard and, and they were close competitive games given, given the situation we were in. And um, man, I just tell you, it was our first winning season on the field. And it, it was just so cool to see our community rally um, behind these guys. Uh, I don't know if you know about the thing called the Sturgis motorcycle rally. I do. Yeah it's 10 miles away from here right so 750,000 people flood our small community region and uh, I didn't know if we'd have 100 people show up for our first playoff game ever or we'd sell out and we darn near sold out so I was super proud of our community for backing these guys when it's a crazy time of year for for our region. So how much of that carries into next year, right? Like now, cause it's all about recruiting for you guys. And now you've demonstrated that y'all can put winning stuff on the field. Does it mean, is that going to help going into 2022? Yeah. So first of all, our coach Molna's back. So that's huge, right? So he has those connections already with guys that were with us last year that are returning this summer. So that's exciting in itself. But uh, then kind of off the field, you know, our, our season ticket sales, we sold more at the end of the season for next year than we ever have. Oh, um, our corporate sponsorships ships are really picking up because people want to be behind a winner. And so winning really just helps everything across the board. Um, and we're really excited to uh, get back on the field and continue that uh, here at Spearfish this summer. I'm, uh, I'm just excited to get up there. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll be making the trip. So yeah. I want to talk a little bit about next year because there's now been some reshuffling of leagues, no longer the expedition league. So talk to me a little bit about that process and what it means for you guys. Yeah. So seven of the teams, uh, we all kind of decided we wanted to collectively go and do our own thing. Um, so we started independence league baseball and, uh, we actually just announced yesterday, a new team in Laramie, Wyoming that is joining us. So, cool. We now have eight for the 2022 season and it really doesn't change much for the casual fan. Um, the only thing they're really going to notice different at the ballpark is, you know, a different league logo on the back of the Jersey or the back of the hat. Um, the Sasquatch brand, all the team brands are going to stay the same. The, the type of baseball it is the, the entertainment that we bring to the ballpark really, really the fan isn't going to notice any differences outside of, hey, we have a new team we're playing this year, and we're not going to play some of the teams we've played in the past. Um, when you guys collectively do that, then, does that kind of give you guys as a club more say sort of in the direction of the league? Like, has it become a bit more of a democratic process than yeah. say, how it would yeah. be in like AAA South or something? Right. So previously, there was like a, a president, right, that ran everything. Um, the way our new league is formed is we're a nonprofit um okay great we all all teams have equal say so it, it is truly a democratic league where we all bring things to the table we vote on everything um there, there's no one voice that's telling telling anybody what to do 
So, uh, like I said, I'm coming out next season. Um, what are, what is a good time for me to come? Like, when do you think I need to be in spearfish to get the most spearfish ex experience and what can I look forward to? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say July is always a better weather month, uh, late May, early June. It could be a little wet typically, uh, not always last year was great for us weather-wise. Um, so I would target July. Um, we typically have more games in July, um, to choose from as well. Um, it's just nicer weather and spearfish and the black Hills of South Dakota. It's you do everything outside. Okay. So you really want, you know, if you want to go see crazy horse Memorial, Mount Rushmore, devil's tower, all those awesome tourist things that we have unique to our area. Um, you want, you want to do it when the sun's shining. Right. So I, I would target July. Um, and then, you know, nothing's better than a warm night at the ballpark with a cold beer and a, a tasty hot dog. You know what I love about July as well? I'll be leaving Austin, Texas. So <laughs> that will be, that will be nice. Um, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in um, Devil's Tower because I'm a huge Close Encounters fan. So, you know, okay. I'm going to go up there and do all kinds of, like, if I have to pick one, I'm picking that over Mount Rushmore. Sorry, everyone, for, for offending them. Yeah, no, that and and we're we're about a forty-five minute drive from all of that stuff, so we're, we're nicely located. God, that means something. It's important. All right, we're gonna play a little rapid fire. Okay? okay, so get 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 your thinking cap on, get on your toes. We'll start off easy. Hot dogs or brats? Uh, brat with sauerkraut. Okay. Wow. All right. I love the caveat added in there. Uh, Superman or Batman? Batman. Strangest thing you've ever seen at a ballpark? Ooh, that, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, man, we're going to pass and come back to that. I'm going to Okay, think. we're going to come back. Okay, they don't get any easier, though. All right, uh, okay. what is your favorite baseball uniform? Uh, uniform, um, I, I'm a Cubs guy, so I really, I really like the pinstripe, the Cubs. Oh, yeah. One. Yeah, that that's that's probably my favorite uh, throwback, um, kind of back in 1969 era. The Cubs, the gray and the blue and the yellow Cub logo. I, I really like that one too. All right, great. Uh, Godfather one or two? Uh, I'd have to say one. Uh, I've never really been into them, but I, I, I did enjoy that over the okay. second one. If you could own one team in all of baseball outside of your favorite one, so not the Cubs or the Sasquatch, what would it be and why? Um, gosh, I, I think it would be, I'm going to go major league baseball because that would just be fantastic. Uh, uh, I like, I like the Rockies and their situation they have going on down there. I, they have an awesome ballpark an awesome town. And, uh, I think there's a lot of things they, they can do to improve. I think, yeah, it seems like just all of the, the beer option. I mean, you could just really turn that thing into a beer garden with baseball. It seems like it would work out. Um, yeah. All right. Star Wars or Jaws? Uh, Jaws. Yeah. Can't, uh, can't do the Star Wars thing. No, not into it. Okay. All right. Not, not at all. We, we do the Star Wars night at the ballpark and just because I know everybody else loves it, but I could care less. <laughs> I want a team to do Jaws night at the ballpark. I'll be all over that. I'm writing um, that down. Uh, what would you pick for your last meal on earth? Uh, definitely like just a awesome ribeye bone in with 
baked potato like that that's just my go-to that uh, nothing beats it okay would you have that meal with michael scott or leslie nope uh michael scott for All sure right. i'm an artist dude okay um what was the first time baseball broke your heart um oh man bartman that 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 series that that hurt a lot um there's there were some trades that really bummed me out as a kid, just seeing your favorite player go. Uh, but yeah, the, the Bartman just being so close. Yeah. Just to going to the world series, not even winning it. Um, that, that was, that was pretty tough. I can't imagine, you know, it's funny. Cause uh, I, I was thinking about the 2019 world series, which I have ranked my, my sports heartbreaks and that's number one. Okay. Um, the 09 national championship for the Longhorns is number two, in case you were curious, but um, just that, you know, the home run off the foul ball with eight, eight outs to go, you're eight outs away from winning and you give up the home, the, the lead. It was just heartbreaking. Um, yeah. if not baseball, what other sport would you work in? Uh, probably golf. Oh, wow. Okay. You're the first yeah, one to golf. say golf. Yeah. I, I love golf. Um, I like to play it. I don't get to play it near as much as I used to, but I really enjoy it. And I've, I've actually always worked at a golf course. I still volunteer there in the fall um and that kind of thing just to be involved with it but definitely golf all right we're going to go back to your strangest thing question strangest thing you've seen at the ballpark oh man i i'd have to say this is tough because i don't think anything's weird i think it's all just fun so uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh I, you know and i haven't really seen it in person but the streakers man what is up with streakers i, I, I just can't know. i i don't get it uh yeah that would be the strangest thing. If, if I ever saw it in person, it would definitely be the most strange in person. But yeah, that's just a, that's a tough question. I'm going to have to really think about that. And I'm going yeah. to, I'll shoot you an email someday. Yeah, we'll do, a, we'll do it. Like, Hey, cause I've been to a lot of games. Um, but nothing's just coming back to me. That was, man, that was weird. You know? We've been, we, I think the weirdest thing I saw was um, a rattlesnake had gotten loose in center field in San Antonio and the players freaking out and them having to bring in like the janitorial staff in a bucket. There was a delay. It was crazy. Um, all right. So Eric, let's wrap up. Um, where can everybody find you? I know like it's still the Christmas shopping season so people can pick up merch for that baseball lover and their life. Yeah. Just easiest way to find us is go to spearfish Um, Google that. Google Spearfish Sasquatch, you'll find us. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, you name it. Uh, you'll come across us. Um, there's only one. And uh, yeah, uh, if you have any questions, there's contact information and uh, we're always happy to help. Well, I cannot wait to get back there. I would hope you have a happy Merry Christmas, a happy new year, and I will see you in a few short months. Awesome. Thanks, James. I really appreciate it. to close it out the right-hander from houston texas james christopher so that does bring to an end our holiday episode christmas edition and to all a good night i hope everybody has a merry christmas but before we get out of here we do have a little business to attend it is now time to announce the winner of the cinema showdown and the next member who's going to move into our tournament of champions sometime at the end of 2022 and uh it seems fitting to do the the griswold drum roll as we wait for the lights to go up 
Let's put our hands together and celebrate Team Lishmas, ran by Alicia Rivera. Hey guys, it's Lish. Thanks so much for voting for my draft of my favorite Christmas movies. It was a very tough call. Everybody had awesome picks. I'm currently in New York uh, celebrating Christmas here. So I hope you guys have a happy holidays with your friends and family. And cheers. Thanks, Lish. Now, normally, I would end the show by cleverly dropping Let's Get To. Um, but as you know, and as you saw earlier, we had our letters to Santa, or our wishes to baseball Santa. And one of them struck me because it was so generous, and it was so heartfelt, and it really hit me where I live, that I thought, there's no way that I can end the show better than what he recorded. So... Take it away, one of our favorite Twitter follows, Baseball Escape. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Holidays to everyone. Santa, what I want from you is what every baseball fan wants. No rainouts, no rain delays, and I want all of us to take care of each other and love each other, and let's get to.